Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the show that brings you all the top stories from around the world of women's sports this week that Nancy Gillen and I select. I'm Chris Stafford. It is uh, season four, episode 28 of the of the news desk here at With Sports. And we, I mean, we were just saying before we started recording, Nancy, how much top sport there has been recently. But in this past week, and we're going to try and cover some of it anyway, the World Athletics Championships, the start of the Tour de France for women, the first ever, the Euros, the European uh, Football Championships, and and then golf, major golf tournament. Uh, it's it's just been an extraordinary, extraordinary week, hasn't it? it, it's, it and that was just the headlines you know there's cricket and there's a lot of other things going on but we are suddenly overwhelmed with women's sports we are yeah and it's been um i've been lucky enough to go to a a few few events myself and then as well commonwealth games hopefully get to a bit of that so yeah there's been so much happening and it's been great to actually uh go to sporting events as well yeah, it, it isn't always nice to get to them. Uh, and, and I envy you there being in Europe because, uh, well, we did have the World Athletics Championship here in, in Oregon, in Eugene, Oregon, on the West Coast there, um, which just finished up. Um, that was an amazing competition, Nancy. And I know you've been distracted by the football. It's, it's like hard to know where we want to start <laughs> this week um but but overall trying to keep up with what i can of the highlights from those world athletics championships uh, lots of records were broken it was a fantastic uh, 10 days of competition over there wasn't it it was yeah and and like you said it was a bit hard to kind of keep up with um because i think uh the time zone over the time what just where it was taking place the, the time difference uh was a bit tricky so normally kind of waking up and seeing what was happening but f- when you did kind of wake up and saw recaps and videos it was pretty incredible stuff um a lot of world records falling um so yeah it was uh, you know i think again with the commonwealth games not everyone will be at that but that's quite exciting that the athletics competition should be really hotting up and yeah, it's 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 a very entertaining sport at the moment. It certainly is, and I know, as I said, the Tour de France just started yesterday on Sunday, the twenty fourth, and when we've got the Euros still coming, as we said, we've got. Uh um, quarterfinals to talk about that we, we said last week we would talk about those before we get into the semi-finals this week reaching the final uh, a week's time at Wembley on the on the on next Sunday so uh, since we started talking about the World Athletics Championships which have wrapped up well, let's do our own review of those Nancy because as you said records were being broken there was some fantastic sport over there I think we should probably start with the American Sydney McLaughlin in the 400 meter hurdle breaking her own record uh, there to, to, to break the, the world record yet again she makes it look so easy yeah I mean it is it's it is really really incredible 
um, what she's doing at the moment. So yeah, running in 50.68 seconds, which beat her own record of 51.51, which she set only last month. Um, I think it was at the, was it at the qualifiers? I think that she set that pass record. Um, And yeah, she she is just getting faster and faster. Um, I think as well, it's important to remember that the women's uh, 400 meter hurdles is actually a really um, strong field. There's a lot of of really big names and we had uh, Delilah Mohammed, another American who um, for the 2019 World Championships uh, won gold and also held the world record herself, broke it twice herself. Um, and it kind of seemed like she had the edge over McLaughlin for quite a while. And now it's kind of swung the other way and, and no one can seem to beat uh, Sydney McLaughlin. So it, it's not even like, you know, she's in a, a field where um, it's kind of just her and that's why she's she's winning. It probably is because it is so competitive. It's pushing everyone to go faster and that's why world records are breaking. But... Yeah, it's. I think. I think I saw that she's. Uh, she's broken the world record four times in the past thirteen months now, which is absolutely incredible. Oh. <laughs> it's extraordinary. You mentioned Dalila Lam Mohammed, though she was coming around the bend in that final. She she looked it looked like her race, and but but Sydney just came past her uh, as uh, just as if she had an overdrive. It was extraordinary. Um, but she put it. You know, it was some serious competition there. And in second place was the Dutch girl, Femp Boll. Um, now I, I I don't know. Uh, there was like four Americans, I think, in that. Uh, in that final, but but there's just something about Sydney uh, that she's able just to keep coming out and getting stronger. But as you say, being pushed and breaking records, um, and just seems to be getting stronger and stronger. And there's a lot more to come from her. Of course, she won't be taking part in the Commonwealth Games, obviously. But uh, we've got the Olympics in, in two years' time, Nancy. We do, and I can't quite believe how. Uh... <laughs> I mean, I know we had the last Olympics pushed back by a year, so the gap between games is smaller, but it's, it is kind of mad that this time in two years we're having Olympics. And that is kind of, I think, the pinnacle of that's, you know, we've got the four-year cycle. That is what everyone works towards. So, yeah, the, the people that are on top of their game now will be hoping they can keep up that form um, come Paris. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the 200 metres as, as well, because we were talking about Jamaicans last week. Uh, Shelley uh, uh, Fraser-Price uh, and Elaine Thompson, her are, of course. But Sherika Jackson, the Jamaican, she uh, stole the show in the 200 metres, didn't she, with a tremendous performance. Yeah, and it was the second fastest time ever. Um, so... She ran in to 21.45 seconds. Um, and that's so it's Florence Griffith Joyner's world record uh, of 21.34 seconds that she came so close to breaking. And that world record has been in place since 1988 to show just how tricky, you know, the fact that no one has broken that yet shows how hard it is to, to get close. Um, and yeah, Sharika Jackson uh, did that. Um, so yeah, it was uh, Shelly Ann Fraser Price came second after winning the gold in the 100 meters. So she's had a really, really good World Championships. Um, and to break up the Jamaican dominance, um, Dina Asher Smith, the British star, she did actually lose her world, world title because she did win the 200 meters in at the 2019 World Championships. But she finished with bronze this year, which I think she will be happy with. Um, in interviews after she's she said she's had a really hard season, uh, getting injured at the Olympics last year and. Um, her grandma died as well 
um, in May and she was struggling with that. So I think after such a tough season, she'd be really happy with a bronze medal. Um, and I don't know if you saw it, but there was a br- really brilliant interview after with uh, Shelly Ann, Fraser Price and Dina Asher-Smith, um, just where they're joking around a lot. I think uh, the interviewer asks Fraser Price when she's going to start stop winning medals and then Asher Smith jokes about saying, oh, when, when you're going to have another child so you can stop <laughs> uh, competing against us. And then Shelley Ann Fraser Price was talking about Asher Smith's Jamaican heritage as well and kind of, I suppose, taking that bronze medal for Jamaica as well. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't watched that, I think it's well worth a watch because uh, both of their personalities come out a lot. Um, yeah. I'll have to try and find that. I haven't seen that yet. No, I saw Sherika's interview and, and some of the others. Um, but I, the other one I have not watched yet is where Moo, I think, won, I think Moo rather, won, uh, the American runner, won the 800 metres. We talked about, uh, I think, uh, after the Olympics, we talked about her a lot, actually, during the Olympics. Um, but anyway, she won that 800 metres ahead of Keely Hodgkinson, the, the British girl, and the Kenyan Mary Mariah. Uh, so that was... Um, Another terrific performance by her. Um, again, uh, she's American, so she won't be at the Com- Commonwealth Games. But I'm wondering how many, uh, you know, perform, you know, top performances we're going to see from the British runners, the Commonwealth Games athletes who will be competing because um, the Commonwealth Games comes up, you know, pretty quickly after the World Championships. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, the Commonwealth Games starts this week, and I think they have. Uh, played with the schedule a bit so the athletics is towards the end but it's it is quite you know two quite big competitions in close proximity to each other I don't know enough about you know he, the human body and uh, being an elite athlete to know if that's a benefit or a disadvantage like do you just keep in the same state and like do you just continue to be in that competitive state that you are for a big competition just for a bit longer or, or is it of detriment because you're knackered after you know, like running in a world championship race. I, I don't know. Maybe it's it's it could go either way for for the athletes. But yeah, I mean that that eight hundred meter race was was pretty incredible. It's definitely worth watching because I think there's a real uh, rivalry developing between Keely Hodgkinson and Afingmu. Um And Hodgkinson did come pretty close, but I think she will be relieved that Mu's not going to be at the Commonwealth Games uh, because at the moment she's not really getting a chance at gold, and that that Commonwealth Games run will probably give her a good chance of getting gold there. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be really... They're both incredibly young. They're both uh, 20. So that's just going to be such a fascinating contest to watch. Um, at, you know, that the, all the events that are happening in the coming years. So it's going to be really cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, we should mention that the Americans went on to wait to win the 4x100 four by four, four by metre relay on Saturday. And uh, the Jamaicans had to settle for the silver medal. Kemba Nelson, Elaine Thompson, Harash Elian, Fraser Price and Sherika Jackson. You would think, yeah, you know, your money might have been on them given the performances in the sprints and middle distance earlier in the week. But uh, no, they, it was uh, America's gold medal and Germany finished in third place but uh, yeah I guess uh, the Americans and Germans all the non-Commonwealth countries now are going to take a bit of a break but you've got a lot of Commonwealth con- countries that may be coming from Oregon directly to Birmingham for those Commonwealth Games which uh, which start this week w- what day do they start again Nancy? Um, it's the 28th so that's Thursday Thursday okay 
All right, so yep. we've got that overlapping the Euros, which we'll talk yes. about in just a moment. But all in all, a terrific World Championships there for athletics fans and, and lots of highlights which you can now see online. You can just go to their website, worldathletics.org, and they've had tremendous coverage on there, I must say. Radio, live radio, and uh, and all the video highlights as well. Uh, right, let's, let's talk about Brooke Henderson winning the Amundi Ivian Championship for her second major title there. Now, she's number six in the world rankings, isn't she? She's only 24 still, but uh, that was a great win for her. It was, yeah, her second uh, major championship title. I think she had a really long six-year wait, I think it was. So that's that was probably quite uh, frustrating for her. Um, so, yeah, she finished ahead of Sophia Schubert, um, an LPGA rookie, so... Um, that was a very impressive performance for her, kind of right at the start of her career. And then there were five players tied for third. So Mao Sago, Lydia Ko, Charlie Hull, Hiyu Kim and Carlotta Saganda. Uh, Saganda. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the Brooke Henderson, she, she had won the Women's PGA Championship in 2016 at the age of 18. So probably winning that so young had made the... I don't know, maybe she kind of expected she'd go on and win more, but yeah, it's come um, 24 for her next one. So I'm I'm, I'm probably thinking she probably wants her third one to come a bit quicker. <laughs> yes, I'd imagine not wait so long. I think she had a sister w- with her as well. I think that, uh, I think, makes a bit of a difference. Whenever she's won, she's had her sister as caddy. So, uh, yeah, a tre- tremendous uh, win for her. And that was the Evian at the Evian Resort Golf Club. Uh, this past weekend and I think she won a million dollars which is in France by the way and and yeah everything was happening in France this weekend uh, as yeah. you found out you're going to tell us about in a moment I think she won a million dollars didn't she with that yeah it wouldn't be surprised me I know golf is very um, it's one of those sports along with tennis where the, the prize money is actually pretty decent yeah, it is pretty decent. Yeah, and she's now, as I say, number six in the in the world rankings. So, congratulations to to the Canadian uh, player. All right, we're going to stay in France because you were able to pop over. We talked about this last week. You were going to get the chance to go over and see the start of the first ever women's Tour de France in Paris. How was that? How was the atmosphere, Nancy? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was really, really good. Um, it was a very, very hot, sweltering day uh, in Paris, but I think it kind of just um, added to it. You know, it was like blue skies, um, really, really nice. Um, and yeah, people people definitely came out. I think it was quite, it's always an interesting, maybe slightly risky move when you um, put a women's event and a men's event on the same day. So the idea was that as the women's Tour de France started, the men's finished. So it was all, you know, on the Champs-Élysées. So the women went off from the Eiffel Tower and then did, I think it was 11 laps basically of the Champs-Élysées up to the Arc de Triomphe, back down again. Um, and then, so after they finished that in the afternoon, the men would come in and finish on the same route Um kind of a few hours later. Um, so yeah, it's always a bit risky because it's, is it like, you know, will the men's event um, overshadow the women's event? But I don't think that was really the case. I think people turned up early and lined the streets probably may, you know, even if they were just getting a place for the men's one, they were still there watching, watching the women. Um, so it was a really good atmosphere. Like there were people kind of along the whole route. Um, 
and yeah, so I got to because I I went with Zwift, which is um like the electronic um virtual like cycling platform. Um, so they had a race car which I could go in, uh, which I did similar similar thing that I did in the Paris Roubaix, which I think I spoke about on the podcast. Um, it was very different to Paris Roubaix because obviously that's a quite you know a longer course going over cobbles. <laughs> finishing in one place, ending in the other compared to this, which was kind of 11 short laps of the same route. So it was very different. Um, but it was still really cool to, you know, be on the course and like see all, see all the riders up close. Um, it did end up, yeah, it was, it was, it was a pretty kind of exciting finish, um, with, um, Marianne Voss looking like she was gonna take it, but then um Lorena Weebs um just coming in after on, on the sprint finish and, and taking the yellow jersey. But then today in the second stage, which unfortunately I didn't get to watch as I was coming home from um France, but I've since caught up on uh, Mar- Marianne Voss won the second stage. So she's now got the yellow jersey. Um and yeah, it's looking good. I, I think obviously, you know, she's she's won everything. She's a legend in cycling. Um, whether she can hang on to it with some of the uh, stages getting a bit more hilly and mountainous after this, I don't know. But I think it's it's incredible to see her in in the yellow jersey of the Tour de France. It's, it's something that she hasn't been able to do in her career. Kind of one of the only things, big things in cycling she hasn't done. So I think it's very fitting that she's currently got that jersey. Yeah, because she's in her thing. She's 35 now, isn't she? And uh, as you said, she's done absolutely everything. They don't call her the cannibal for nothing. She really has an extraordinary dominance in the sport. Um, and I did read that she, she did... Um, she did start off as a skater because she's Dutch and that's not surprising until she took up um, cycling. And she's done a bit of everything, hasn't she, in, in cycling, you know, from road to cyclocross and mountain biking and track. She's done a bit of everything. So, I mean, this would be – and one, I mean, her record – well, we haven't got all day. I mean, her record is <laughs> is extraordinary. And you don't, I don't know where to start or finish with her record. It, it really is an amazing, amazing career. Um, she's dominated – those two wheels for a long time in a lot of disciplines so this as you say would be the icing on the cake for her if she could pull this off yeah definitely and and, um you know there are a lot it is a really strong peloton but even though she's kind of towards the end of her career she is still really um kind of a big you know a big threat and people are probably quite intimidated by her so yeah i mean never say never I, i don't think it's impossible um so yeah, it would be it, she would be quite a fitting winner if she was to win it overall. But yeah, another um, six stages to go. So that's ending on thirty first of July. So a lot could change um, until then. Indeed. All right. But for the moment, after stage two, she does wear that yellow jersey. So, um, yeah, good luck to her and the rest of the field. I looked at the number of teams that they had there starting, Nancy, but do you know roughly how many riders actually started yesterday? I think it was something, it was up to 128, I think it was. Um, And I'm pretty sure the majority race, so probably around that number. Yeah, it looked fantastic. And I'm still looking at the images, following them on social media. There's some terrific images coming out of their uh, photos and videos of that second stage. Um, Yeah, and it it looks very impressive, I must say. It really does. So I'll be following that for the rest of the week. Uh, Can you get over there to the finish? Um, On the 31st, it's the Euros final, so... (laughs) 
I'm gonna I'm gonna be yeah, I'm gonna be at that. Oh, gosh, I don't know why you're not in France for, for the closing. There's too too much of a clash, there's <laughs> so much going on. All right, well, we're gonna talk about that in just a moment. But before we move on from the other sports, I do want to mention one story that broke last week, Nancy, you probably saw it, and that came out of the English Rugby Football Union, who voted on gender participation poli- uh, po- a, a new gender participation policy for rugby union in England, this is. This is not international, this is just in England. Uh, Did you see that story? I did, yeah. Uh, I think it it came out a few days ago, didn't it? Mm -hmm. Um, So essentially, yeah, I think it's that the rugby football union uh, council will... I I don't think they've... They haven't put it in place yet, but I think they're voting on a recommendation to ban transgender players from rugby in England. Yes, and that they vote on Friday the 29th. So, but that's the recommendation they've put forward, isn't it? Yeah, so I think they've they've been doing a review since uh, for a couple of years uh reviewing the current policy. So, yeah, I think it says this quote in the RFU, the science provides a basis of the recommendation that the inclusion of trans people assigned male at birth in female contact rugby cannot be balanced against considerations of safety and fairness. Um so I think that goes down to grassroots as well, doesn't it? Um, I believe so, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's also, it's interesting, the bottom line as well, which is that RFU has contacted registered trans female players on whom the policy will have a direct impact offer uh, to offer its support and continuing to encourage them to participate in the sport. So that's quite interesting. Um, I don't know how, <laughs> what suggestions they're going uh, to make to... So they, they can t- continue participating. Uh, so, yeah, interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, this is a huge decision and, uh, of course, a very controversial topic right now. So we'll continue to follow that with interest and we'll have the outcome of that on ne- on that vote uh, on next week's episode. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, should we talk about football now, Nancy? Yeah, sounds always sounds good to me. <laughs> Persuade you? Can I? <laughs> I don't know where to start with this. I, I I think it's fair to say that after that quarterfinal game, England um, beating Spain two one last week. I think it's fair to say that you probably don't have any grey hairs, so I've got probably your share as well now after <laughs> that game. Yeah, it was very stressful. Um, I was in the press box as well, so obviously you've got to kind of keep a degree of decorum. Uh, you're not really men. Oh, no, why? You haven't been in the same press box as I have. 
obviously I uh, showed my uh I had to celebrate. You can't not celebrate that. But I don't know what what sports have you. I think I think it might be for when it, you're doing something where your country is involved. I think it's more fair game. Oh yes, oh very much so. If your country's absolutely right, yeah. If your country's involved, yeah, it, it totally is. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a bit more uh, understandable. Um, but yeah, no, it was uh, it was it was a real roller coaster. Um, I think the majority of the game, England didn't play very well at all um spain scored and i kind of resigned myself very polite way of putting it <laughs> i think yeah, they, they really were very good they did. no i mean it was spain's game for 80 minutes and, yeah. and we pretty much gave up thinking oh that's it we've been beat. we're out of the euros we yeah. being, you know both born in england so england supporters it just it was all over i mean 80 minutes in and they just couldn't get the better for Spain who were just strangling them. So, and England just couldn't find a way through. I was I was disappointed in England in their first half was pretty poor. Their second half got a little bit better. But even so, I thought, you know, that was it. They were exiting the tournament right there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, the thing about Spain is that they uh, keep a lot and all the matches I watch them in they have a lot of possession and they have the ball a lot but they struggle to score and they don't have that accuracy so that was kind of basically what the game had been um, but England were they really nullified any of England's threats like you know on the wings and stuff they were really just suppressing England um, so yeah when they did score I was kind of like okay so they've they managed to do the thing that they really struggled to do to score and England don't really seem to have any way back from this like it it wasn't like there was wave after wave of England's attack and you know I was like okay the, a goal could come it, you know um, and then yeah Serena made some kind of some substitutions which I f- was quite surprised how late they came just because it didn't give much time for the players that she put on to have an impact on the game Um but ultimately they did and it works. So maybe she's a genius. Um, but yeah, Alessia Russo headed it down to Elatine, scored a, was it 85th minute equaliser? Yeah. Um, and yeah, that, I mean, the atmosphere at the game anyway was incredible. And that, that the moment that went in, it was just, <laughs> it was mayhem, absolute mayhem, like mayhem. Um, <laughs> And then, yeah, went to extra time and just something had switched. I think Spain were very rattled by England's equaliser. Um, I think especially because they thought Russo had um, fouled Paredes in the box and it shouldn't have been a goal, but they just got started getting... But also it was in the home stretch. I mean, by, you know, by the time we got to the 83rd moment, we, you know, we thought that that's yeah. it. That Spain must have thought, oh, we're home dry. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, they they were obviously very disappointed with it. And I think there was, you know, a substitute got booked for like kicking a water cooler. They were really kind of upset. And I think yeah. they did slightly yeah. lose their... Um, big grip on the game and then yeah Georgia Stanway popped up with an absolute screamer of a goal it was a brilliant brilliant goal um it's 2-1 yeah and at that point I was like oh great and then you realize you've still got like 20 minutes of extra time still to play um but we we did it <laughs> the whistle final whistle blew it was such a brilliant atmosphere um and we're into the semi-finals that's the most important thing you just got to, you just got to win the match and get into the next the next game um so yeah sweden in the semi-finals tomorrow and then germany france which is going to be amazing i can't wait for that that will be on a wednesday yeah, i just want to come back to that 
that you mentioned that George Samway goal, and, and that was in the 96th minute. So this is how that, you know, I want to dwell on this a bit, Nancy, because this is how that game was went back and forth. We equalised it, and then we had to go into extra time. 96th minute that she scored, and it was all over and done with then. Um, but, it, you know, that that's football, how it can just go back and forth, yeah. you know. Um, bit like a tennis game, bit like any ball game, really. But, you know, the atmosphere must have been amazing when England, England supporters there, and it was a packed stadium yeah. at Brighton, Brighton and Hove Community Stadium, I should say, for that quarterfinal. You know, they must have thought, okay, that's it. It's over and done with. We're, you know, yeah. um, that's the end. And then for, for England to turn it around in the way they did, uh, and and we talked about their performances prior to that. They scored endless goals. I mean, I think a record number of goals in in the group stages. Um, so so much was on them to perform better than what they did, right? And then it wasn't up until the very, you know, the last hurrah that they turned it around. So I think all credit to them, even if we don't get any further, we being England, don't get any further, those performances stand alone. Yeah, they definitely do. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think that is kind of what made the Spain game, if we had gone out at that point, a bit disappointing just because we had ha- we'd had those amazing performances in the group stage and then just to be like, oh, we're out in the quarterfinals. Um, but like you said, having the group stage games, having that incredible victory against Spain and then the semifinals, like I really hope that we don't go out and we beat Sweden. Like, obviously, I don't want us to go out. But if we do go out tomorrow, there is the sense of, okay, we, you know, we gave absolutely everything. There were there were the occasions, the big matches that kind of transcended women's football and got the casual football fan interested in it and wanting to watch England women play. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, mission, mission achieved to an extent. Um, I think expectations met. But yeah, now now you're in the semi-finals. To and I've watched England women. I've watched England in general, but England women lose a lot of semi-finals, <laughs> and I really don't want to do it again. So I really hope they win tomorrow. Yeah, they have lost a lot of semis, haven't they? England yeah, women. I mean, in the past two major international tournaments, so Euros in 2017 and the World Cup in 2019, we we lost both semi-finals there. Um, it's kind of the stage we get to. And that's when we go out. So to show real progression, we have to be winning tomorrow, basically. So, yeah, it's terrifying. I think my other team um, spoiled their party in 2019 at the World. Yeah, we won't. Well, they're not. They're not at the Euros. So <laughs> the World Cup next year. That's when we get revenge for that. <laughs> there you go. Uh, which the US have qualified for. I should say, just to remind everybody, we won the CONCACAF Championship and uh, qualified for those World Championships and for the Paris Olympic Games. But to go back to the Euros now, to the second uh, quarter final there, Germany versus Austria, 2 0 to Germany. And again, an incredible game. Um, well, the one thing that stood out was the number of times they each hit the post. Uh, that was bad enough, and the, and the crossbar. Um, but the faux pas by the Austrian goalie, I think they will be memorable moments too from that game. Yeah, I mean, they had this, uh, so, yeah, uh, Manny Sinsberger, he's actually Arsenal's goalkeeper, and he had a really good season um, in the WSL. So I think it be, should be pretty disappointed that he'll end 
like this basically but yeah they Austria just kind of were really persistent with um just playing out from the back from the keeper doing kind of short passes between the defender and the keeper and they nearly got caught out and then yeah right at the end when they were losing 1-0 when had been attacking a bit you know it wasn't impossible that they could have got a really last minute equaliser and then yeah just to have that mistake so Zinsberger kicking the ball out and it hitting pop and deflecting into the goal just such a shame to end it like that and uh, yeah I don't know why they were so persistent with it um, it just wasn't working for them so I don't know why they kept doing it because ultimately it ended up with them going out of the tournament Um but in fairness, I think Germany look very strong. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, Germany probably would have ended up winning that much anyway. But I think if something's not working for you, you've got to, you've got to change it. And I'm not yeah. sure why Austria didn't. Yeah, you would have thought they went, well, lessons are learned. Uh, and they made their exit from these championships. But let's look at the German performance there. Or or just just Germany now, because I know you were favouring them for, for, you know, to be the major threat to take this title ultimately. And has anything changed your mind, given where we are now coming into the semis? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, I think... I really don't want to jinx it because I was so cocky before playing Spain as well. I don't want to jinx it, but I think Sweden have just been slightly underwhelming with the players they've got. Um, That's not to say they're not going to be, it's not going to be a tough match tomorrow. But I just think in terms of, you know, the team they've got and the fact that they've gone far in tournaments and they play so well at the Olympics and stuff, they've been underwhelming. I think that's fair to say. Um, yeah, I mean, they were lucky to scrape through 1-0 against Belgium. That was the other yeah. quarterfinal. And, and Belgium haven't been... They're not really that great a team and they haven't been that good at the tournament. Um, their keeper was really good. But yeah, like you said, this, a last-minute goal against, against Belgium, it maybe could have gone the other way. Like, it, you know, Belgium had a few chances. So, yeah, I don't think Sweden... France, Germany... <laughs> I, I still think that France are a bit, you know, they they are they still haven't conceded. Um, they just look more confident. France looked a little, it was a bit edgy with the, the Netherlands um, in their quarterfinal. Yeah, they had to go to extra time to to win that one nil. Yeah, and it was a penalty as well, which obviously yeah. you know you have to be in, in a penalty box to, to earn a penalty, but it wasn't kind of coming from open play. Um, Germany, for me, I think just looked better. Um, so I still think it'd be a Germany England final, and then I, I don't even want to make a prediction for that. That's oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Yeah, if it ends up being like that, it being that being the match, then it's going to be an incredible, incredible final. But one that for any England supporter is going to be very scary. It's going to be very tough for an England supporter because, as you say, Germany, to give them credit, have been such a strong team in these championships. The lesser impressive, uh, again, to your point, was Sweden. Um, France, again, was one of my teams that was looking so good at the beginning in the group stages and kind of liked the look of, of them. Uh, so goodbye to the Netherlands for now. Um, and 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 thinking about that final, I think uh, from the semi-finals, there we, we, we think Germany uh, have, have got it, and it will be a Germany England final. And I ha- I have to think that um, there's a really good chance Germany will win. I'm going to say it. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's why I'm so scared about it because I don't, I don't think preparing that, for defeat, don't you? Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't want to. Yeah, I, I, I'm just thinking. You know, that that's what that's why it is a scary final because they are such a strong team and they do have such a good chance of winning. Um, I think you've just got to hope that you know the home crowd will get England through I suppose I'd say England has a young team but I think Germany's got a really young team I think maybe England have slightly more tournament experience like even Germany Alexandra Pop uh this is she's you know she's such an amazing goal scorer has played for England for, uh, Germany for years but she's uh this is her first Euros because of injury and stuff so Maybe there, you know, a bit of England experience will come in. I think I think there's certain areas where you can see England, you know, getting a bit of an advantage. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's well, going to be think, scary. I think it's um, also England are going to have that a day extra rest in between, right? You've got the final on, on Sunday. They play tomorrow, Tuesday. So they've got four days rest uh, and Germany will have three days Um and whether that will make much difference, because at the end of the day, there's going to be so much pressure on England at, in front of a home crowd at Wembley, sold out. I mean, the crowds have been absolutely phenomenal for these championships. And as you said, the the fact that they their performance so far, uh, England's performance, has brought crowds to the game that otherwise would not have attended, and you know maybe have been following men's football but not, in, not not the women's. I think this has done so much for the women's game. And it puts a lot of pressure on the home team if they do make it to the final. Uh, so Germany have got everything on their side in a way, but they haven't got the crowds behind them. And the crowds might make a big difference, I think, on the final day, don't you? Yeah, I, I th- and I, I think especially in um, women's football where the crowds, it, it, it's not something that you get week in, week out. Um, it's, it is something really special. And I think to have a, you know, eighty thousand capacity Wembley, who the vast majority would be England fans, like that is going to be a massive boost, like massive. I think that's you know mentally that's going to be such a big thing. Yeah. Maybe you could say it could go the other way. Maybe it'd be pressure, but I think once you're in the final, you could you just use that energy and that support as a as a positive thing. I think because there isn't really pressure at that point. You know, you're in the final. Um, obviously, you have to win the match, but I think you can harness the support at that stage so yeah I think that would definitely would be a big factor in it um, it's a bit like uh, she, uh, uh, McLaughlin Sydney McLaughlin coming around the home turn there you know uh, and, and she's got a runner in front of her and it's just the home stretch then and the crowd how they lift you down that home stretch uh, yeah. It's just enormous, and I think that applies to a game of football as well. The the crowd is going to lift them when they're when they're running on tired legs, uh, and they may be going into overtime on tired legs potentially. But I just hope it doesn't go to a penalty shootout, Nancy. Yeah, and I mean, I know we don't cover men's sport here, but England men last year got to the Euros final and went to a penalty shootout against Italy, and it was horrible, and we lost. And to have that happen again. Yes. Would be too much to bear. And those poor young players, I remember the two, you, you probably know their names on the men's uh, team. Saka and Sancho and Rashford, all, all the, the guys that lost. Oh, there was just so much pressure to put on them too, yeah. to take those penalties in such an important competition. I, I just really felt for them and I hope their confidence has since been restored. Yeah, I, I think I think they have, but it does just show... 
that, you know, how intense the situation is and how it is, you know, sport is fine margins and, yeah, missing those penalties and it's a lot of pressure on players. Um, I'm sure they have recovered, but it probably is something that kind of lives in their memory. So, yeah, I really hope it doesn't happen again. It's rather like that uh, New Zealand, the Kiwi player who scored how many own goals in that game oh Michaela Moore yeah she scored three own goals in in the first half which was yeah that was awful yeah I mean that will never leave you will it those kind of memories but um, yeah I think it's going to be tremendously exciting but first of all let's get through the semi-finals tomorrow kickoff is at three o'clock British summer time it will be on ESPN2 I will be glued to it as will Nancy. Nancy, you're going to be there, right? Um, yes, I am. Yes, um, so for both of the final matches, I'll be. I'll be there. Both the uh, semis. The yeah. The, no, sorry. No, the semis. The England semi and the England final. I won't be at France, Germany. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, England's final two matches. I'll be there. So, yeah, uh, off up to Sheffield tomorrow. Okay. Um, yeah. So <laughs> very nice. And, and, and where again is the? Is that Milton Keynes, the other semi-final? Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, unfortunately on the day I have a tube strike, so I'm not sure how the attendance might be impacted a bit by that. But hopefully, I know the German uh, Federation is are running some shuttles uh, between London and Milton Keynes. So, yeah, hopefully enough people can get there to make it a really good occasion. Yes, let's hope so. Well, we will have a lot more to talk about when it comes to the Euros next week because when we record next week, the, it will all be over and done with and we'll be thinking about the Commonwealth Games, which uh, is kicking off. So, yeah, fingers crossed, Nancy. I mean, yeah, I'm relying on you to cheer them on for me in the stands. I will, yeah. I'll be cheering them on a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll try not to get any more grey hairs, and, and certainly uh, it didn't do anything to increase my blood pressure uh, um, medication, I have to say, after. <laughs> and that was only a quarterfinal. I just, uh, oh, it was just nerve wracking. But there we are. That's sport. That is sport. We love it. Nancy, I'm sure you're just going to have a heck of a time. So enjoy and come back and give us your full assessment of uh, those two uh, semifinals and the final when we record next week, won't you? Yeah, definitely I will. And I just hope this time next week we'll be talking about England being Euro winners. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll I'll probably be in a state of delirium. Uh, if that is the case, or depression, <laughs> if it's not. So, yeah, it could be an interesting podcast next week. Yeah, it could be very, very interesting, right? And we'll have uh, also Tour de France, uh, the, the Women's Tour de France news as well. And like I said, the Commonwealth Games is kicking off too. So lots more women's sports to look forward to, Nancy. So enjoy the final week. I know that you've waited a long time for this, and I know you'll enjoy every minute of it, and I hope it goes England's way in the end because I don't want you to come on the show next week and be... You know, depressed, and I want want to. You might even cancel the recording if. (laughs) (laughs) Been bed crying. (laughs) Well, I've got to do a full day's work on Monday, so I'll I'll be up. I'll be. I'll be about. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, enjoy that, Nancy, Uh, and remind everybody where they can find you. Yeah, so my uh, Twitter handle is Nancy underscore Gillen. Uh, my Instagram is Nancy Gillen underscore sport. And then, yeah, I write for Gimme Sport Women. So that's um, at Gimme Sport W on Twitter. 
All right. And we're, of course, at wisports.com and at Wisports on social media. So until next week, enjoy not just the football, but uh, the, everything else, anything that to do with women's sports, enjoy it. And we'll be back next week with more from around the world of women's sports. So until then, thank you for listening. 